welcome to the Red Bra Project podcast, where red bra moments live. I'm Renee Bouse, founder and co-creator of the Red Bra Project. Each week, my co-host Shauna and I bring new conversations from amazing women all over the globe, sharing their stories of hope, wisdom, inspiration, and power, right alongside of grit, sweat, resilience, beauty, and tears. These stories help to elevate and inspire your life, creating a positive ripple effect. Get ready to feel the energy, motivation, and self-assurance to rock your everyday. We are so excited to have you join us. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Red Bra Project. I am Renee, the creator and producer of the Red Bra Project. I'm back with episode number 87 with my awesome co-host Daphne. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. We're going to have to name the mannequin back there because I'm loving the outfit. <laughs> That's, um, we're going to call her Delia for now. My sister name is Delia and she's aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So we, we want to stay in the D family, so we'll call her Delia. I Delia like it. <laughs> okay, well, Delia's looking sharp today. I'm loving the outfit, the blazer. It looks very nice. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> we are so excited to be back with you all and share an incredible woman and her story. So to be, to be completely candid, we've been crushing on her for a while. So we connected a while back through our Instagram accounts, and she is just an an incredible woman, a powerhouse, and we are so happy to spend a little bit of time with her today. Genesis Dorsey here on episode 87 is a speaker, author, entrepreneur. She's helping faith-based women see and feel the power in their voice and just so much more. You have an incredible story. Welcome to the Red Bra Project, Genesis. It's so wonderful to have you. I'm so honored to be here. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about where you're coming from today and a little bit about your background. My name is Genesis Dorsey. I am a entrepreneur, speaker, author. I would say that my main focus is helping women to uh, really unlock their voice um, through tapping into who they have been created to be. Um, and the majority of women that I work with are authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, experts in some kind of field. Um, so my background, I started off uh, in the world of graphic design and ended up realizing that um, graphic design was the byproduct of actually a genius. I just didn't know what that was. And that genius was helping uh, churches, primarily uh, medium-sized and mega churches, as well as um, businesses, helping them to see the purpose of marketing collateral. And so over time, I then expanded to being a consultant and that brought me into some amazing rooms. And from there, um, it just expanded. I mean, it just, it just expanded. And now I have the awesome pleasure of working behind the scenes with um, churches and nonprofits um, and helping them build out, which is crazy, right before COVID, digital infrastructures. So this is before we even knew COVID was coming, we were helping mega churches build out the digital infrastructure. So I was traveling, I was on planes, just trying to do all this stuff. And um, during COVID, I had the great opportunity to continue that work, but also spent a lot more time with women online and just pouring into them and helping them see the beauty of what I had done. Um, and in, I would say a short matter of time. And so I just, I help women just to apply pressure 
You know, it doesn't have to take so many years. And I help them to get over the fear sometimes that robs you of those years. Um, and so that's my background. I help do that. I'm also part of the family business. My mother started a private school almost 20 years ago, uh, helping uh, minority-based families uh, build up uh, excellence in their education with their young children. And so we focus on, we have a toddler private school as well as a pre-K three through sixth grade school. And so I, uh, at the, when COVID hit, I decided to come back and um, really become more accountable to the family. And um, it has been a growth process. <laughs> it is a huge growth process, uh, but it's full circle because as you will hear on my journey, it, it's come back full circle. Um, so those are things that I do. I'm from Delaware, which is the uh, uh, the second smallest state. Um, and I, but I, I, I love this place. I love Delaware. Um, and so, yeah, that is me in a nutshell. So when do you sleep? <laughs> a lot do you know I actually uh, my mother who is right here she's here it's her office right here I, she will tell you I sleep a lot um probably more than what she thinks I should be sleeping um, so but yeah I sleep a lot um I used to so right before I recenter my schedule I used to not have the right schedule I used to literally work until exhaustion wake up and keep on working and I was not that was not the right way to work I now make way more money than I did I mean I was making money when I was exhausted but not gonna my I'm making now because I need it to rest more. So I go to bed no later than 10, but I'm not working though before I sleep. Um, I, I usually stop working around six. If that, um, if I have things I do here at school, I'll get home around seven, but I work as if I have a regular nine to five. I do not have the entrepreneur's burnout life. I, I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> How do you make sure to enforce those boundaries? Cause that can be really tough, especially as an entrepreneur, because you're like, oh, I need to do this, this, and this. I ran out of hours and, you know, I want to get to this goal. But how, how do you go about that willpower? So let me just share probably the best things I've learned, especially recently, right? So COVID, I thought, well, I have even more time than I have. That was not the truth. I was even more busier during COVID because of what was happening in the, the faith-based world, especially when it comes to churches not being ready for what had happened. And... Um, what I had to realize for the first thing is that you can't accomplish 20 goals. It's just not realistic. Um, you have to pick what are the major ones for you to accomplish. So you have to be realistic about your productivity. Um, you know, everyone has a different level of productivity. And so self-awareness is key to knowing who you are so that you can know what are the best things for your business, for your platform, for your organization to accomplish now. I, my mother has taught me, I used to, I'm a speedster. So I'm like, oh, we, we can do X, Y, and Z. My mother would, she'll, she, her best, but she said, no, you can't. You may be able to do this. So get that done, right? Um, instead of trying to come in with all these, you know, and it's great to have big ideas, but you have to know yourself. You have to know your team, your organization. You have to know your staff. You have to know all these things and know, you know what? Let's just focus on getting two things done really well. Um, but then the other thing is maximizing those goals. So when it comes to creating boundaries around time, if you think about it, you only have so much time, right? And you want to give, it's not about the hours, actually. It's about the productivity within those hours. Mm -hmm. So people think if I have more time, it's never about more time. It's actually about how effective are you with your time? Because everyone has different time, types of time. I am single with no kids. So I have a different type of time that someone else would have who has kids, 
or a spouse or different things, right? So I have to learn, okay, well, how do I maximize my time the best way? So that's where systems, processes comes in time. I may need to pay someone else to do X, Y, and Z so I can maximize this time. I have to also learn how to sacrifice though. So sacrifice is where I may need to put some other things on the back burner because I need to, as we teach the kids here, which is one of the seven principles of highly, of highly successful people, is you have to begin with the end in mind. It's one of the principles of Stephen Covey. Begin with the end in mind. So if the end is X, Y, and Z, well, I can't do this. I can't do that because I have to do this. So that's how you set boundaries because you have to take your boundaries as seriously as your goals. People who do not take their boundaries seriously, they don't take their space seriously. They allow anything to happen. They allow, you know, now we're imperfect. So our schedules, things happen in, shoot, things happen are happening right now, right now, as I'm on this interview, <laughs> things are happening that I can't control that may alter my schedule today, right? But I still have a, a, some kind of boundary to say, I can't do that today. This will be done tomorrow. I can't do this. I can do that. Right. Um, and I respect those boundaries because I know that they make me a healthy human being. So to me, those are things that I've learned. You can't do everything. So pick some simple goals to get done to make those goals more effective. Figure out how to maximize the time that you have without stressing yourself out in the process and then respect those boundaries. So to me, though, that's how I get stuff done and I can sleep. That's great. That's great. What? What led you, when did you decide this was what you wanted to do? <laughs> Everything I'm doing, I didn't choose, no joking. Um, <laughs> so I really didn't. Um, so, you know, my story is I wanted to be osteopathic pediatrician. I wanted to be a doctor. I knew exactly, I wanted to go to Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I, have, I already knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to, I did my, I was, I was at Spelman College. Charge of Spelman Jaguars in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I was enjoying myself at Spelman College. I was a, I was in the honors program. I was enjoying my life. And I knew that once I left here, I was probably going to go to Duke. And then after Duke, I was going to then go to PCOM. Um, of course, you can't choose your residency, but you know, I kind of, I had my path, mm -hmm. you know, and turns out that was not what I wanted to do. That's what I believe, you know, in your heart, you have certain desires. But um, life has a way, and I wouldn't say just life, I believe that God has a way of pointing you in the right direction um, if you choose. So it wasn't the fact that I chose the path, but I chose to accept the change because I didn't know what the path was going to give me back. But I was willing to go with the changes that were happening and to say, you know what, I'm not going to fight what's happening because if I fight it, I'm going to you can't fight, you know, you people think they can fight. Oh, I'm gonna do, do something else. I said, listen, let me just go with what's happening. And across that path, I begin to see, wow, I really like this. Let me see what I can do more than this. You know, I was doing graphics for my church. When I was in high school, I was doing the flyers from Apple Pages. I did not know Photoshop back then. I, I didn't know, I didn't have any experience like I have today. But I was doing the flyers for our church. I built our first website on uh, Wix. This is when Wix first came out for our church. And, you know, I was, I was like the graphic girl was at the church. You know, my parents are also the pastors. So I was like, you know, I'm serving, you know, I'm doing my thing. But to me, it was for fun. It was for fun. Me being active in my church was for fun. I never thought that I would be on planes where churches with multi-million dollar budgets would say, teach us. And I'm like, me? 
Yeah, talk, teach our staff. Give us the strategies. I'm thinking, I come from a small church. I come, I never thought, but that was the path. And I just went with it. So I never chose it. It was the fact that it's like everything came back full circle, but I accepted that if I'm going to, if, 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 this, if this is the way the storm is going, let me make the most of the storm. I'm going to put my sail up. I'm going to get down and I'm going to figure out how to get to the other side. To me, that that's more of what happened versus me. Like, let's go over here. <laughs> that sounds like Renee. <laughs> that's not what I didn't choose my path either. I, I just not, accepted it. <laughs> that's not, that's not what happened. No, that's not what, that's not what happened. That is not what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's so much power in just saying that and having other people listen to that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, guilty, you know, you set a goal and you think that's where you're going and come hell high water, you know, we're, we're, we're making our way upstream. We can't quit. We don't see these other things that keep popping up. We won't accept them. And then finally, you know, wouldn't it just be so much easier if we were like, okay, I'm having resistance. I understand this is where I want to go, but I'm going to accept that this is the change I need to accept. I mean, just saying that feels like a whole weight is lifted off your shoulders sometimes because you can't, you can't control the outside circumstances and man, man, you know, it's like you have a goal sometimes and it can be hard to let go, or you think that's the path and journey you should be on, but all this stuff happens. Um, gosh, and you never know where it's actually going to lead unless, unless you, have faith in it and follow it. And I think that's so cool that, that you're not afraid to say, no, I, this wasn't what I chose, but this was where I am. And I, I, it turns out that I love it. My thing though, is that, um, it, it, but things will confirm itself. I do want to add that because some people will feel as if, well, this change happened in my life. Someone could say, I have multiple changes. Which change should I go with? The, the power of it is that I didn't just, because I had a lot of options before me in the sense of, you know, when things were happening when I was 19, because 19 is when the whole pivot happened. Um, and I came home and due to a very horrible circumstance, but I did have choices. I could choose to be 19 years old in every way, right? But what happened in my life, I had to grow up really fast, but I had to make the choice to do that. You know, but then there was confirmation because I start to see things grow as I went. If you make changes and nothing's growing, I think that's proof that that probably isn't the path. Things should confirm itself. And when I say growth, I don't mean immediate success, but where you're starting to see some, some things click, right? When, when you're starting to see things come out of you that, that maybe you have been hidden or gifts and talents. To me, that's when confirmation. So for me, it wasn't, you know, for instance, I, I wasn't on the path to become a doctor anymore, but then I saw gifts come out in other ways. So to me, that was confirmation of, well, let me stay, let me stick with this because I'm seeing some things being burnt out versus, you know, I do some other stuff, nothing's happening. And so, you know, nothing's being burnt out. I'm not, I'm not becoming better. That, that may not be a good path, right? So, so it was, there, there, there has to be confirmation though in your life that is showing you that that path is productive with the change if that makes sense yeah so what do you for you because sometimes we get confirmation and we don't know it's confirmation some people don't know how to recognize what confirmation is and and if it's positive or if you know if it's a totally different direction what did you what was your what's your technique for recognizing 
the confirmation that guides you? Christian. So I believe in hearing the voice of God, but I have clients that are not Christians. I have many clients are not Christians. We know people incorporate different arenas and is Oh, Genesis, your audio is cutting out. Yeah. Nothing yet. Let's go back in. Cool. You are still. No worries at all. And that's one of the things about us is we like to record as it is, roll with the flow because nothing is perfect. Right. <laughs> I love it though. And yeah, you're on mute. On mute, I'll send you a little. Uh... Okay, can you hear me now? You're back. We're gonna go back. These AirPods are not working right. Okay, we're gonna go back. We're gonna just go to this. Okay, so um, you look for growth, right? Growth is not about um, hopping all these different directions. Most people cannot recognize growth because they they, they don't want to stay consistent in something long enough to see if growth is actually happening. Right. So we live in a culture where if something doesn't work in like two weeks or three months, you know, I'm a hop. Right. Mm -hmm. And your gifts will never be seen if you are doing that. So you have to realize on how to stay committed to something long enough. But it's not about being committed to the wrong things, it's about being committed to personal development. So I believe that it's not about like, you know, you see people, they jump in a relationship and it's not right. They'll say, well, I'm going to stick it out and see. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being consistent with something that you're looking to develop, right? But again, you got to look for confirmation. So a perfect example of this is in my life, what happened was I was thrown into, I was thrown into my purpose in the middle of a storm, Okay. What I did was I started to focus on my gifts and talents and grow those. And then I applied them. So it was a family business. So we did a whole rebranding. We, the school was at this time, it's a classical school, very old school, very traditional, but it's the way that we focus, the way that we work. So if you ever seen the movie, Daddy Daycare and the school that he wanted to put his daughter in, that's us, but not that hard, not that extreme, right? But it has that classical, the kids, mannerisms, but because I had never, you know, it, it had my mother's touch, but it didn't have like the tech part to it as far as like marketing and branding. The business had been completely grown by word of mouth, which even today it's the strongest suit. But it needed a website, you know, marketing, billboards, all these kind of things. So what I did was I began to expand my design abilities. Okay. I focused. I begin to see fruits of those actions by me focusing on it. Not saying, well, you know, I did this, it didn't work. No, no, I focused on it. I poured my effort into it for several years, okay? But it was something that was fruitful. So pouring it into your career, pouring it into your self-development, right? To me, those things, that, that's how I begin to see confirmation because I'm pouring into something where it has to produce something eventually, right? There has to be something produced. So if you don't see it, it's that you're not looking. It's not a goal of yours. It's hard to see. It's hard to not see something 
that you are looking for. If I stare at something long enough, I'm going to see some kind of activity. I don't care if I see a little, oh, there's a sprout. But if I'm like this and I say, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Of course, you're not going to see nothing because you like this versus I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. I'm focused. You will see something. I think most people are just distracted. Ah, oh, that's so good. That's so good. And you deliver it with such confidence that everything that you say is really something to tune into yourself and kind of figure out where are you looking, you know, because I feel like, like you said, Daphne, the, the $500,000 question is how long do I consistently try something? If I don't feel like I'm seeing anything or getting anything in return, then how do you know it's time to try a different path? That, that, who, that is the $500,000 question. But I will say, and I'll give you an example. There was someone on Facebook and um, they post, they said, you know, I've been on YouTube for a year and I have seen no growth. You know, I'm going to give up. And I was someone who was on YouTube for almost 12 years. And uh, re a couple years ago, um, something happened that worked just right. And when I went from only 2000 subscribers, now we have 12,300 subscribers. Okay. So what worked? Well, the first thing was that I didn't just do something. I figured out how to grow in what I was doing. Just doing something is not enough to create growth, right? You have to, the Bible talks about those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled, right? Now that's talking about spiritual growth. The same thing goes though for your personal goals when it comes to your business, your career, your platform. You gotta know that stuff. So I inboxed her and asked her, I said, when was the last time that you researched or uh, maybe spent some time in YouTuber courses or learning about YouTube versus creating content for YouTube? You're creating content and you're like, I'm not getting subscribers. Well, have you learned about subscriber growth? Have you learned about how to search keywords and create content that people are searching for? You're just posting content. And because you've just been doing something for a year, you expect that growth should come. But growth only comes to a farmer who intentionally plants and knows his seed. He knows when to plant it. He knows the amount of water. He knows how to take care of it. So he does not just expect the seed to grow because he put something in the ground, but he has fine-tuned his gift as a farmer. So he's not just, a, you know, I can call myself a farmer, go grab some seeds, go buy a plot of land and go plant some seed, call myself a farmer and then say, why am I not expecting a harvest? But most farmers, they're generational. They learn from someone. They spent time and years learning the ground before they put in the seed. They learn the ground. They till the ground. They know what kind of soil they have. And so for me, this is why it's not really a $500,000 question. It doesn't cost anything. It's the cost of your sacrifice. It's not a money question. Now, the question is, what will you sacrifice to get $500,000, <laughs> right? The, that's the question. And the question is, you have to learn your soil. You have to learn your seed and you have to learn when to harvest. And to me, those are the things. And so, so many people are staying committed to stuff and they don't have one clue about their soil, about their seed, and how to harvest. But yet they're expecting harvest I couldn't expect what would happen you know when it comes to my business or, or you know what I've done if I didn't grow in those things now I can expect now you can project revenue now you can project certain growth because you're doing things and you're strategic and you're learning and so that has helped me too to not waste my time 
right? I've learned that, you know what, hey, that's not working, pull the plug. This is working, invest more in that, right? And that also helps you not waste your time. So yeah, you got to know, you got to put in the work. You do, you do have to put in the work when it comes to that. I love that. I love that because you do have to nurture the soil. And like you said, you can't just plant and run. Um, yeah, it's that soil. It's so funny that you brought that up too, because I, I think I was doing like the call map. Like I do a 10 minute call meditation in the morning or whatever. And it was about just not running. And when you plant your seeds that you actually have to nurture the soil and where they're coming up from. Um, and then, you know, you reap what you sow. So yeah, and it takes time and it's all in its own time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So good. Um, talk to us about who is a woman who is a mentor, who is somebody who has been a role model for you in your life. It's going to be my mom every time. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think that'll change. <laughs> um, she, yeah, my mother is definitely going to be the number one. Um, I am so fortunate to have a mother who is, she is my fire. Any fire that I have is a product of her. Um, you know, my speaking skills, the fire that I bring, my mother speaks with like me times 10, you know? Um, and so watching her grow up, you know, just watch her as a child growing up. Um, you know, when I was born, she homeschooled us. She left her corporate job. My father was working on minimum wage. She stayed at home. She raised us because they couldn't afford to put us in childcare um, with the, with the, you know, it was just with, the, it just didn't work out. And so watching her raise us, the attention she put in as an educator, she's a doctor of psychology, um, she just valued. And then seeing her when we were all grown up, grown up in high school, well, middle school more of, seeing her start her business after she had us, after she gave us all her years. <laughs> and then she starts her business and um, watching her grow it. Watch, I mean, I remember starting years, I don't think people really under, like when people tell me they want to start a dream, and I saw her sacrifice. I'm like, yeah, that's real sacrifice. And so she's just always been a mentor of mine. And she is the mentor of mine. And I think the biggest thing um, when I talk about her is understanding um, the wisdom. You know, for people who are in family businesses, I think the one thing I will definitely say is to not let pride, or even though I'm younger, I will never ever overcome her wisdom. You know, there that I'm, I may know different things, but I do not have her wisdom. And so just sitting under her tutelage has humbled me so much it's always reminded me that it doesn't matter how far you go no it doesn't matter who knows your name it doesn't matter how many planes you get on you come sit at my feet and you learn the things that I'm going to teach you so that you can carry on your family legacy and to me that has always been something that um, I'm ever learning from her so she's always my mentor wow that's awesome look mothers are mothers are something special <laughs> they are I think for yeah. all of us especially you know, we always have a bond with, you know, daddy's girl or whatever, but I, I really think um, our strength and, and our go-getter, you know, go-getterness, I know that in a way, but <laughs> I think that comes from our moms, you know, because we see them do the things like that we go, we're going to eventually go through. So yeah, moms are great. Yeah. So, t- what is something that you would tell your younger self? Well, I will tell my younger self what my parents taught me, slow down. Um, I, when I got into building my own businesses, I had a lot of stress and panic attacks. Like literally my hands would be shaking, my heart would be running fast. 
Um, and it was because I was constantly comparing myself to others around my age. So I'm very fortunate to have friends who have been very successful um, and just, uh, you know, acquaintances. And so, you know, <laughs> but my path went different. So I was in college, but I had to come home. So the, my friends who completed college then either got jobs or started their own companies or tech startups. And, you know, now like they're on private planes, <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, wait, I have friends who are married, you know, have the whole dream, you know, like all the babies and they get the Volvos and the kids are, you know, this, this whole life that I've wanted. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm not working hard enough. I'm not doing enough. You know, I should be here. And meanwhile, I'm in my young 20s. Most kids in their young 20s are just discovering life, just trying to figure out the starting steps. And so I didn't understand how, actually how privileged I was. It was privilege. But here I am stressing out with first world problems, trying to figure out why I'm not, you know, at this top, you know. And so my parents got me a block on my 25th birthday. And it said, um, God did not build the world in one day, neither can you. And it was like a block from like Michael's, like a regular, you know, like those little, those little wooden blocks you get and you put on the kitchen counter. And if I could tell myself at 19, 20 that I would have, I think it would have prevented me from doing a lot of things out of just trying to get somewhere faster, thinking that if I worked harder, it would do more. And that's not how any of it works. Right. Um, so yeah, my parents had to really tell me to slow down and like focus on the right things. Um, but yeah, that's what I would tell my younger self. Mm. Great piece of information. Yeah. Um, yes, I don't know. I just, I feel like you definitely have learned so much given the young age that you had to step up into the roles that developed you to this point. Um, and I just, I love the way that you share about it and you inspire others and you share with, with your wisdom and your confidence and your life journey. Um, you know, it's, it's incredible. And um, I imagine your next 10, 20, 50 years are gonna be freaking mind blowing. That's all I have to say. <laughs> be crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. So you are an author. So tell us about your book and um, start with, I mean, of course, what is it about, but also kind of what led you to want to write a book? So um, I've written several books. I have another one I'm working on next, but my favorite book I recommend to anyone is actually a very small read. It's my very first book and it's called Faith in Glass Slippers. And so many women have bought this book. I mean, it's one of those daily purchases. And I wrote it um, because I wrote it actually for my own personal life story of what happens when um, you have this dream of life and things happen to you that you never called for, right? A lot of times when we look at the story of Cinderella, raised up as a young, you know, as young girls, we were raised up with that, you know, one day I'm gonna live this amazing life and it's gonna be amazing, you know. But Cinderella's story really is not a fairy tale. I, I think people have to really understand that she deserved what she got. This was not about a woman, a man rescuing her. Back in those days, the only way to get to success was a man marrying you. You know, so this is not like Cinderella had, you know, a feminist choice to like go out here and like make her own life. This was not those times. Okay. Um, and so she deserved what happened to her. 
if anything. That that probably to me, her becoming a princess was maybe like the bare minimum of what she experienced. So the story re-establishes the story, but through the life of faith. So I take biblical principles to help women see that faith is not a fairy tale. It's a real life thing. And Cinderella actually had what we would call in common in today's world, belief and hope. She kept her hope despite, and so the book talks about little things like how your friends come from the wildest of places. It talks about how, you know, when you're going through tests and trials that you never called for, sometimes you will find your support systems through people that don't look like what maybe, you know, you have the idea of a friend. You know, for Cinderella, her friends were mice. Uh, her friends was, were a dog, you know. Um, so sometimes as women, we have to retrain our minds to rethink. When you're going through a tough place, stop being so picky with what your friend should look like. Instead, look for the heart of people who will help you through tough times. Um, and so we talk about that in the book. And it's, a, I mean, literally you could read it a day. But women have used this book as a consistent resource. I cannot tell you the number of women who say, Genesis, every single time I've gone through a store, I've read this book over and like, and it becomes second nature where they literally can repeat back to me the principles because every in your life, you'll go through multiple things. Yeah. So you have to always remind yourself of the same principles so that you can make it every single time. Um, and so it's a very short read, but it's called Faith in Glass Slippers. It's, I cannot tell you how many times I've read it myself um, as a reminder. Um, and so it is, it's it. But yeah, Faith in Glass Slippers, the book, it tells you about the story of Cinderella, but it's retold through the eyes of faith to keep you motivated through times that you never asked for, storms that you didn't create, you know, but life brought. I love that title. Thank you. <laughs> Faith and glass slippers. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> did you, I, I don't want to cut you off. Did you want to go? <laughs> oh no, I went last time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm so curious, Genesis. I'm so curious about kind of your, do you, I mean, COVID, I love hearing what people did with COVID because, um, you know, it, it's been an interesting and tough time for a lot of people and to hear kind of what you have gone through and what what kind of what COVID did in a positive impact for you and your family mm -hmm. um, is awesome so to share the good stuff that came out of this pandemic is always amazing yeah what do you have coming up that you are excited to dive into or new new goals on the horizon kind of like what is energizing your soul right now about that so um, new school year, you know, for this, for the family business, we are very busy right now. So today is the due date for our re-enrollment contracts for our current families. And we are now opening up the waiting list for the families who are coming in, who have uh, received their slots or their seats for the year. And so I'm really excited just to welcome back families to some sense of normalcy. I mean, we were open this past year. Our parents wanted us open um, and we did very well despite the conditions. Um, but now parents are, you know, they're like coming in droves. Um, and we have new, a lot of different new families that we really believe are going to be just such a great fit. So I'm really excited. You know, my job is I'm a director of admissions here at the school and also I work with parent relations. So my job is to be that voice and talk to our parents on a daily basis. I'm here during afternoon pickup to talk to all the families, you know, just being that face. Um, and so 
I'm really excited to serve our families. To me, that is an utmost, utmost joy. Uh, for me personally, um, I've started a new consulting firm. Um, I'm working now with universities and mega churches in a particular way with some very large contracts. And so I'm, I'll be honest, I'm trying to figure out during this time, you know, and not really a balance, but um, just to figure out what do I want to do in this next season? I am still very young, but I don't view things through my age. I view things through, you know, just what, what do I want to accomplish through God's will? And so I'm working right now to figure out how to mentor more women to do what I've done. Um, and uh, that's what I did during COVID. I, I was coaching a lot of women, giving out, you know, free experiences for them who couldn't do it. And um, now it's kind of just, you know, what, what were those next steps to mentor women to have that same confidence to just go out there and build, you know, and not have any fear and build big, build with no fear. So that's what I'm focused on. I have a new book that's coming out I'm working on. So I'm, I'm getting ready to lock myself in a hotel and get this thing done. Um, and so that's what's next. I'm working on the next book and it's going to be focused on how to, how to lead with authority, how to step heavy. That's the name of the book, Step Heavy. Um, and so I'm really excited about what that's going to do uh, for women and for, it's for men as well, but most is really good for women, but to have that confidence. So that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to get back to speaking. Um, you know, my calendars are being booked again. And so I'm excited to get back on the road, get back on the plane and just pour into more women. So I'm seeing these next couple of years as a pour, an outpour into families and into the lives of women. I just want to say real quick, I appreciate you. You speak with such conviction and passion about everything that you talk about. It's like, you're a minister? <laughs> well, I am the daughter of two pastors. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you said that, but you sound like a minister yourself. <laughs> and it's so, I mean, it is, it's just so, it's encouraging and it's, it's infectious. Like, it's like when you talk, you people want to tune in because you, it, it's like you're you know you're speaking from a place of passion and it's it's great thank you thank you that's the, that's fire and that's yes. what that's what I desire to plan to every woman is to have the confidence and to speak with authority and there's so many women whose lives they live on mute and they have so many gifts and talents and skills and the world needs them. The world needs their insight, their expertise. And if we continue to live on mute, then we, 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 we don't get to experience the fulfillment of those gifts. Those gifts are not to be held back, but those gifts are to be explored, to be influenced with others. And so that's why I, I do speak that way because I believe that it will inspire other women to get up and to speak not like like me but to speak like them in whatever way they speak to command see because when you speak like that you come whatever's for you it, it like perks up and gives attention but when you speak not necessarily you speak softly but when you speak life on me where you're not speaking with the authority what you are looking for cannot find you because you don't have the confidence to receive it. Because if it did find you, you wouldn't have the confidence to obtain it. You would talk yourself out of it when it would come. But when you speak with authority and the belief, because you can't speak with authority until you believe what you say. But when you believe what you say, it attracts those things that you are believing for. And they come into your life and now you can maximize those things. So that's why I speak that way. Because I want women to have that same feeling. And then when they do that, they get to live whatever life they've dreamed of because they can receive it. 
I think you just lit a fire underneath everybody who's going to be ready to go. I'm loving that. I mean, we had some bright colors going on here. And now I just feel like the energy is like sizzling. <laughs> Genesis, tell our listeners where they can connect with you, kind of learn more about you, buy your books. Yeah, so you can, uh, the, the first thing is you, uh, I, I'm on social media, especially Instagram daily. Instagram is my place. So you can find me, if you search my name, Genesis Dorsey, you can find me on there. Um, you can DM me and inbox me. I'm a lot more available now. Um, the other thing is if you want to buy any of my books, you can go on Amazon search my name and all my books will come up on there. You can go to my website, justdorsey.com. You know, justdorsey.com, you'll find all the different things that I have going on. I host uh, faith Bible studies for women to fuel their fire through the word of God. Uh, I host different uh, trainings that come up every now and then. But Instagram is where I put out just, just to keep you focused and faith. So that is really my place. Um, and then other than that, you know, you just stay connected with me, my website, my email list. And that's how you can stay connected, everything through there. So good. Thank you so much. Um, we end all of our episodes with asking kind of our infamous red bra question. So the red bra is a symbol, a support. Um, it's a concept. It's bold and beautiful. It's on underneath no matter what. It's what you reflect on when the going gets tough and you have to look back and be like, you know what? I have my red bra on. I've done that. I can do this. So they come in all shapes and sizes, um, big and small. What is one red bra moment that you can look back on and you're like, yes, Genesis, you went through this. You can take on the next challenge. I can get up and do anything. So for me, it was back in 2012. So when I came home from college to help in family business, the Lord also told me to start a women's ministry. And I was like, I'm not a minister. I don't teach anything. I just got home and I need to focus on this storm. And um, what ended up happening was that uh, he told me to take like a laptop. It was a um, laptop and um, a uh, just like start a thing online. And so what happened was I didn't know anything though about like just those tools. I didn't know anything. I was just like, okay, what do I do? So I started, I just started. And at the time, my Facebook friends, list was very small. It was just literally my people I went to high school with and some people that I know when I was in college. It wasn't a ton of people. And yeah. so what happened was I um, just started teaching. And at the time it was, it wasn't, we didn't have any live streaming tools that like we have today where, you know, um, you can like, you know, let people know you're going live and have a large audience. So it was like at most zero to five people, like five was like a good day. And you didn't, they didn't, they didn't let you know who was watching. This was like back when they didn't have users. So I was just showing up and teaching what he told me to teach. Then he was like, you know, okay, I'm going to give you these Bible studies. And during the time there was only one large women's ministry um, that was doing like Bible studies for women online downloadables. And so I just trusted the voice. I never was thinking about comparison at first. I was just going. And then what happened was it started to grow, but I did it for a year completely completely like with no like no major audience so for a full year for like from like zero to five people if it was 10 I don't know who those people were and then social media this woman came to me she said hey I've been watching you teach um I know about social media can I help you right I was like okay great like okay fine it went from five random people maybe 10 in a good day random people 
to over 10,000 women over the course wow. of seven years. And we ended up building a teaching team. We had women teaching online. We ended up building online chapters. We ended up um, where women were downloading these studies. Every We would put out new studies. And these were like, we wrote them. We designed them. Like these were our, this was not where we were downloading. We were creating the studies. and But it was first just me. And then we developed a teaching team that would help to create more studies. And we were teaching every week. And we had teaching schedules. And so women around the world were being taught faith and all these different topics. But it all started for me with a MacBook in my library, teaching a five people who I did not know to where we then we built up an email. This is where I learned how to build communities from that. So this was not, you know, to me, that was my red bar moment because this was something I had definitely had no clue. I didn't have ministry. I didn't have any ministry. I didn't have any experience in that. Now, graphic design, stuff like that. Okay, that's one thing. But this, I didn't know I had a teaching gift. I thought I was going to be in medicine, right? But then I come home, I'm in business, but I know I had no expertise in teaching faith, teaching women. That's how I now speak with fire. It was, I didn't learn how to speak with fire because of school. No, that's not what happened because I was behind the scenes here at the school. I learned to teach with fire when I was teaching to like five people and I would teach and teach and teach. And then God expanded. That was a that was a red bra moment because that was doing something you have no expertise in, but you know you've been called to do it. And as you do it, your gift is cultivated for it. Some people they wait until they feel as if they're good enough to do it. But I that's a red bra where you it shows and it's bold and it's red and you like oh okay and yeah that was it. I had my red bra forty two G okay out there like listen we're gonna do this thing okay and that's what happened. And so to me that that's been a motivator for many women especially women in ministry or women who just feel like they've been called to teach and they're waiting for people to confirm their gift I didn't have anyone confirm my gift I heard from God I went and it grew and then I had enough boldness to end it and to me that's the other thing about having a red brown moment is knowing when something is finished and not being proud enough to where you want to drag it out God told us it was over we did it for several years we grew it to all this and then he says okay I'm done huh Okay, most women, most people, not women, most people in general, if something has grown to a large level, they feel as if, why would I leave something so big? But being bold is also knowing when to pivot and to not have the pride to keep something that is no longer what you're supposed to do. It may keep on growing, but is that what you're supposed to do? Growth is not always proof of success. Sometimes it's time to go because there's something even better for you to do. And so that's the other part of that red bra is that I knew that it was time. And I tried to, at first, try to drag it out. I tried to get the team back together. We, and it just, it wasn't clicking. It just wasn't clicking. And so we knew it's time to go. And so now it's no more. It's called Girls of Royalty. We had an awesome run for several years. We built it up to what God told us to do. But the crazy part is that now the women who are the te- who are teaching, they've now gone on. One has become a lawyer. One has, one has be- she was serving social media with us. She felt she tapped into her gift through that. And now she's out here, almost a multimillionaire. Um, you know, teaching women about email marketing and all these. I mean, it's amazing how I believe that these, all these things cultivated us for what we do today, but it, it was the time to go. So for me, that that's the red bra moment. Yeah. So we end all our shows with a quote. That was so good. I just had it to was, really quick. It was. Oh my goodness. I, I'm like, wait, can we have coffee morning? Which is just like, just like two, like, let's do two minutes, two minutes of Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is a quote term or not? Yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, so Genesis, you're my first, 
guest that I get to pick the quote for. <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> so I chose for you, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. And that was from Maya Angelou. Come on, you was that was the right book. <laughs> so yes, because you have definitely not let any of your obstacles reduce you. I told you that conviction and that passion. I listen. I'm, I told my little my little sister is now a minister, and I saw it in her at 16 years old. And mm -hmm. I told her, I said, when you when you ready, and you're called, this is what you're gonna do. And and it, and she's doing it. And she yeah. Always, she always gets, she always be like, cause now I call her Pastor Gavin. I'll be like, Pastor Gavin. <laughs> cause listen, I, yeah. I, I have faith and I believe, but I like to cuss. Yeah. So, you know, me and her, I still, when, when we together, when we talk, we talk, we, we, we are us. And she, yeah. I, that's what I love about her, her path yeah. with what she's doing too, because mm -hmm. she still stays true to who she is. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You get so many people that Change. forget <laughs> who they are and try to be something else. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really proud of her for, for staying that, you know, staying yeah. true to who she yeah. is, but still recognizing her calling. Yeah. And that, I, I see it. I see it in you one day, one day. <laughs> Let me not say no, right? Because they, they say, they say, wherever we say no, God speeds things up. So we'll just, mm -hmm. we'll just that that's the truth. That is the truth. <laughs> Thank you so much, Genesis, for joining us, sharing your story, your fire, your gosh so many pieces of wisdom um i know that our listeners are going to appreciate your story so much and to everybody who joined in thank you we appreciate you here on the red bra project share genesis story out there share it with somebody who needs it in their life to help inspire and bring hope back to their back to their chapter that they're going through thank you all for being here make sure to head on over to the red bra project on instagram you can follow everything and catch up with all of our incredible guest highlights the red bra project.com is kind of our vault for all of our past episodes so you can check them out in blog form podcast or on youtube thank you everybody for joining us and have a great night good night guys so much for spending some time with us on the red bra project we are so excited you stopped by if the story resonated with you if you could take one second and share it with somebody who needs it in their life we would be so grateful stories hold so much power we'd love to hear from you so tell us what you think tell us what you want to hear more of come on over and say hi to us at the red bra project on instagram you can check the full written blog posts on our website, theredbraproject.com. And every single one of our podcasts has a video to go with it over on our YouTube channel, The Red Bra Project. So thank you again for joining us, and we will see you soon.